In this episode, we talked to Jason Mills from the Affiliate School YouTube channel. He's a full-time marketer and blogger and currently has a case study that after about nine months is already generating over $6,000 per month. We dive into his keyword research, his backlinking strategies, and how his background as a teacher has led to him sharing his knowledge on his YouTube channel. We even discuss how he completely skipped over display ads and Amazon Associates to go with a private affiliate network that has ultimately led to his revenue double almost every single month. So let's not waste any more time and let's talk with Jason Mills from the Affiliate School YouTube channel. What's up, my name is Chris and welcome to another video. If this is your first time here, we talk about building passive income streams that work for you so you don't have to. So if you want help to build those streams, consider subscribing. Also, before we get started, be sure to check the first link down in the description for my number one way for making money online using blogging and affiliate marketing. Now let's get into the video. Welcome back to the Blogger Evolution. My name is Chris and we're here talking with Jason Mills from the Affiliate School YouTube channel. Be sure to go check it out. It's an amazing channel with lots of information about affiliate, blogging, affiliate marketing, um, SEO, all of that really cool, fun stuff. So, Jason, thanks for being on, to the, on the show. Thanks for inviting me, Chris. Uh, yeah, I jumped at the chance. Awesome. I really do appreciate it, man. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little starstruck right now because I follow every one of your videos because they're so engaging and so awesome. It's like just being invited into your office just to, for a, a quick chat, you know? So thanks for what you do so much well, on the channel. Yeah, you're absolutely very welcome. And uh, thank, thanks thanks for saying that. Very kind words. What an introduction. <laughs> so I hope I, hope I live up to yeah. expectation. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's go ahead and give it a try, shall we? <laughs> if let's you don't go, mind, give go. people a quick background um, on how you got into affiliate marketing and blogging and all of this fun stuff and um, where you are today. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I got into affiliate marketing really through uh, started a, a fantasy football blog back in, this is probably nine, 10 years ago now. Uh, and really, it was very much just me putting some content together, um, just giving tips, weekly tips to to people on, on, on the football. And uh, it started to get a little bit of traction. So obviously, as traffic started to grow, I wanted to learn more about how to bring in more traffic. And that was where I started to learn about SEO. And from there, I, I started to do some SEO freelancing, uh, and I still do a little bit of that today, but kind of four or five years ago, I kind of made the transition into really pursuing my own projects, and that was through affiliate. So it was still content-based, but it was it was kind of merging the content with the SEO uh, and very much focusing on affiliate marketing. So, um, yeah, like I started off promoting Amazon, like probably everyone does, realized that the commission rates weren't fantastic. And then from there, I've looked at, you know, other affiliate programs and so on. And so... Like this is a, obviously I'm really condensing this, but we, you know now I've got a, a portfolio of I think seven or eight content websites, um, and I've just had my best ever month in terms of revenues. So it, this this last twelve months really has grown, and I think I think part of the reason for that is because it was around twelve months ago when I started the affiliate school YouTube channel, and I think by by starting the channel. It, it's kind of it's made me document what I'm doing, so that mm -hmm. automatically has made me be a little bit more reflective on what I'm doing myself. Uh, and so I think by by trying to help others, it's had the indirect effect of helping me. Uh, so it's it, it's a win win, I think. Uh, but yeah, so that was very much you know probably nine or ten years of my life condensed into maybe what one minute, two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it obviously seemed... there's a lot of stuff that I'm not telling you there. Like I'm not telling you about the hours where I've stayed up until 3 a.m., where I've come back from my like, – I used to be a teacher – so I used to go and work all day. I had a young family. So you try and spend a bit of time with the kids. And then you're coming back and, you know, working then from like 7 till 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and then up at 6 to go back to work and do it all again. So there's a lot of things there that I've obviously not mentioned. It's a lot of hard work. But I think if you've, if you've got the drive and you've got the mindset, anyone can do it. And I think I'm kind of living testimony of that. And I know people always say that, but... Um, it is true. There's nothing special about me. It's just probably drive, work ethic, trying to learn from as many good quality sources as possible. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's probably helped me along the way. Man, that, that is a lot. And you did condense quite a bit in a couple of minutes, but that's perfectly okay because that's, that's, that's what I asked for, right? So um, just to break down a couple of things that you just mentioned, um, you said you had a background in teaching, right? So did you teach anything specific? What was it that you were teaching and how do you think it's kind of transitioned to your YouTube channel teaching? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's probably the biggest crossover, really. Um, it's, I almost feel like I've come full circle with the, the – I don't know, maybe subconsciously, that's why I called it the affiliate school. Yeah. <laughs> because, oh, yeah, you know, I used to work sense. in a school. So, yeah, I used to be, used to be a secondary school teacher. Uh, I taught drama and I taught media studies. So I suppose those two elements – I don't always bring drama into a YouTube video, but if you've seen any of my videos, I do sometimes have some crazy intros and things, and and sometimes yeah. people love them, sometimes people probably hate them, <laughs> but you know what? I have fun with them. So, and mm-hmm. and, and with YouTube, it's I, I don't really get any kind of real return on investment in terms of direct financial reward from it, but I enjoy it. And like I said, I think because of that, having to reflect, I have had an indirect reward from it but i on a per video basis it's not like worth my time and money to 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 make them but i enjoy them so that's why i do it um and like i've always i've always obviously if you go into teaching you like to help people you like to teach you like to see people progress and that's one thing that i've really been able to do with the affiliate school i've made obviously you see in the comments but I've made some some real life connections with with a good few people, and there's a couple of people that I've took on as uh, almost like a, a mentor mentee relationship, and they're starting to really progress now as well. And obviously, I can't do that with everyone, but there, there are certain people that I, you know that I've met along the way, and that I can do that with. Um, and that, that's that that's really what it's all about. So I think I think yeah, I mean, I was a teacher for ten years, um, and I, I think that there's definitely transferable skills there that I, I learned along the way that have, that have helped here. Yeah. Yeah. I think that goes a long way, Jason, because um, I'm kind of a little similar because I, one of the superpowers, I, I guess I used to say was um, when I was working a regular job is that they would give me you know, like a complicated concept and kind of try my best to break it down so that I can create like a set of procedures or a training manual yeah. or videos and stuff for people. And I was doing that for, you know, the company, you know, as much as possible. And it worked out fine, but taking that skill and then being able to turn it into something that's, that makes me probably more money, more direct impact on people's lives and things of that nature with the YouTube channel, you know, I kind of jumped at it. And it seems like you had something similar where you're able to, you know, take what you learn secularly and then turn it into your own entrepreneurial journey. Would you agree with that at all? Yeah, I would. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it was a it was a big decision to to start the YouTube channel, for example, because obviously 
initially, I didn't think it was necessarily going to 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 benefit me in in any way. Um, it was it was very much so. It was a big decision to do that, um, but. You know what? It's quite. I know you talk about you've come into the office today, um, but it, you know, obviously, normally you'd be there on your own. It's quite boring. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had I had some client. I have some clients, but um, I'm I'm trying to transition away from that client work. I mean, and to be honest, I, I pretty much like I'm not reliant on the client work anymore at all. But I've just got I've retained three or four just because I like working with them and I want to continue to support them. Uh, but if I was purely just doing affiliate. It would be a very, very lonely life, um, <laughs> you know, and 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 that's one thing I think we just mentioned before I came on. I've just come back from Affiliate World Asia, which yep. is a huge affiliate networking conference. And one of the things that was great to see there is that because it was in Bangkok, so there were people there from Bangkok, there were people there from Chiang Mai, and both of those cities in Thailand have really great digital marketing and affiliate networks. Uh, where people meet up on a regular basis, so so they've got that, and I think that's fantastic. And I think if you don't partake in stuff like that, or if you don't get involved in online communities, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, whatever, um, it can be a very lonely existence. So I yeah. think it's important that if if people are watching this and they're just starting out in affiliate, or or maybe they are now a full time affiliate, try not to hide yourself away completely. Unless you really love that life, <laughs> and maybe people do. But for me, obviously, I went from a job where I was working with people all day, every day, to a job where it's just me sat in an office. So, you know, I think yeah. that's important. Yeah. No, it's very, no, very different. Community is everything, um, especially when trying to figure out this whole online business stuff, you know, and it can get really uh, lonely, you know, if you, don't, if you don't watch it, where most of your contact just comes from, you know, words on a screen that you might have or a Zoom call or something of that nature. That's actually part of the reason why I like doing these interviews for the channel as well. And for the podcast is because exactly. I like being able to chat with people and, and pick their brains. Now, you just mentioned Affiliate World Asia, like a huge conference that happens uh, annually. Um, I saw on your latest YouTube channel that you had met a few people and one of which was uh, Matt Diggity. So I'm curious, what's he, what's he like? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, he, he was doing a, a fireside chat at the event. So Gregory Elfring from uh, Empire, Flippers Empire Flippers interviewed him. Yeah, he interviewed him on stage. Uh, and that was great, you know, and I think I, I met him. I, I, was, I, was, I was invited to a, an after party that was hosted by FE International who were like a direct competitor of, of Empire Flippers. But Empire Flippers were there too. It was like, everyone's great. Everyone's just networking, getting on. And then Matt walks in and I'm thinking, oh, wow, it's Matt Diggity. I need to go and say hi. So I was literally like a fanboy. I was just walking up to him. Like, Matt, I absolutely love your content. You're fantastic. And I just like, but he was, he was so humble and down to earth. And really just like you kind of see him on, on, on YouTube and how he is, you know, with his online persona. Uh, yeah. And he, he was, he was sort of saying, oh, I was really nervous um, and talks about him being an introvert, which I'm not like saying anything that he wouldn't say himself there. Cause I, I think he's posted that himself today on Facebook. Um, but he was just, yeah, he was lovely. He was lovely. That's and and awesome. he's part, he's, cause I think he lives in Chiang Mai. And so I think he's got, he's part of that kind of, he's set up a community there or he's part of a, a digital nomad community so uh, and and some of his you know um the people from his network were there too but yeah he was just chatting to everyone he was just like everyone else yeah 
Yeah, man. So if if anything, that means go to conferences. You know, Jason's a perfect oh, yeah. example. You know, um, when yeah, you have an I opportunity mean, and, and to go not, somewhere. Brilliant. Yeah. And, and not just because, you know, of speaking to influencers, but just the people that are there, particularly that event, they, they're they successful. Not, not all of them. There's obviously people at, at different stages. There's beginners, there's intermediates, there's really advanced. But there are people there and you'll just have conversations with with people that are clearly doing very, very well. They might not tell you exactly how much money they're making, but you can just tell from the conversations that, that are happening. Um, and you just pick up little little nuggets and then you start to realise that there's trends that all these people are doing one particular thing or, you know, there's there's a certain type of mindset or behaviour or just the way that they are. Um, and, and, yeah, so... That's the sort of stuff. And for me, that was the biggest value that I got from that event. Yes, the talks were great. The exhibition room was good. But it was those those networking opportunities where the real value came. That's awesome. No, I, I definitely do recommend. I've been to a couple myself. And, um, man, I, I definitely do see the value in them. But um, let's go ahead and change gears here, if you don't mind, Jason. Yeah. Um, cool. Let's talk about the age domain case study that you have going on mm. on your uh, channel right now. Uh, where is it now? Do you know what? That's a good question because I've not updated it for two months. I'm literally due to do an update now. Okay. Um, but I think I think the last time I put, a, like I said, the last time I did it was uh, put an update out was two months ago. And I think at that point it was at around three, maybe three and a half K a month US okay. dollars. Um, now I've not, I've not properly broke it down because like I said, I'm not update the case study which i will put out in the next week or two um but i'm pretty sure it's it's, it's almost doubled i think it's about wow. 6k a month now which is just it's and insane it? and, and just to put the so that was what i was just gonna say to put people in the picture if they're not aware this project was started march april this year wow so the i mean it's just it's just it really has blown my mind really in terms of what's possible with age domains uh and i it, it's interesting because i started two age domain projects this year um and the first one that i started which was about a month and a half before this one started okay um and that's that's dropped off a little bit now but this one has just gone from strength to strength to strength uh and and initially it didn't start off great stuff wasn't getting indexed uh it wasn't really ranking and i was thinking and i'd already put it out there and said you know said i'm doing this case study so i was i was literally pretty much prepared to just be plugging away at it for 12 months and just coming on every couple of months and saying yep there's no progress <laughs> there's no sales stuff still not indexing and i thought you know what well at least it'll just show this is genuine um and, and yeah. it's fully transparent but then it was only i think it was month two or three when it's stuff suddenly started to index and i think it was probably because it got to a point where there was a certain amount of content that had started to you know obviously we got i think it got to about the point where there was about 25 30 posts and then suddenly everything started to index everything started to rank i'd barely pointed any new backlinks at it uh probably like three or four and suddenly oh, wow. it's making one and a half K a month, two K a month. And it's just gone up and up and up and up from there. So I know there's a helpful content update rolling out at the moment. It's just, mm -hmm. look, I think that they announced it yesterday. Um, so uh, let's, it's so far so good. There's no negative impacts. Um, there's no reason really why there should be. I've put quite a lot of time and effort into the content. Well, I've got, I've got a couple of really good content writers for that site. 
Uh, I've just hired another one who's a, a girl in the UK. Um, so I've got I've now got three decent writers for the site. Um, I think the EAT on the site is is it's not amazing, but it, there's an, there's been an effort there. That's probably something I do need to put a bit more work into. Uh, but it converts, it converts like crazy. And because of the space that it's in, the affiliate offers a like 40, 50% commission. Yikes. So, and, and like on some of them, the average order value is like $100. So you're getting $50, $50 commission per sale. In fact, it's, it's had one, it had one sale of, I think it was 500 and something dollars. <laughs> there was some oh, wow. sort of Black Friday offer where they had this massive bundle. It was about five, so so one one sale was two hundred and fifty dollars, which is just oh that's beautiful yeah <laughs> it's really nice yeah that so is it's beautiful a, it's, a good, it's a good niche to be in um, it gets repeat orders as well so I think that's helping to build the revenues each month because as people repeat order and then you bring in new sales everything kind of compounds so yeah. it's just it's almost like a snowball effect okay so it's not recurring you're just getting it every every time someone comes through and buys. Um, you end yeah. up getting a commission from the sale. That's awesome. Now, let me ask you this. So you said you had two domain, two age domains that you were running, and one's gone up, one's gone down. Uh, yeah. Any reasoning why that's happening, or is that just the nature you of age domains, you think? Yeah, I think it is a risk with age domains. Now, it, it could be because I think – well, in fact, I, I think I do know why, and this is partly my fault. Um, I think I went too broad with the niche, with the mm. one that went down. So initially, everything started – to rank and uh, there was wasn't making as much as, as this other one, but it was it was still making. I think it peaked at about eight hundred dollars a month. Um, but I didn't stick to one, although it was kind of the same niche. I went really broad into like five or six different sub niches, and I think if I'd stuck to one of those sub niches, I think the site would probably be doing much better now. Um, yeah, yeah, that, 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 you- that's the main thing that I can put it down to. Do you think that um, that uh, how much how much effort would you put into a site before you declared it a dud? Good question. Um, like effort, time, money, whatever you're dumping into it. You know, how far would you go before you're like, okay, you know what? Let me just park this and then move on to something that actually is. I think it growing. depends what sort of site it is. I think if it's a if it's an age domain, I think you can you can pretty much tell within four to six months. I think okay. if it's not happening after six months and you've put a good push on content and like say you've got 40 or 50 posts on there in a six-month period and it's doing nothing, I think the, there was probably an issue with the domain beforehand. And and you know, you always mm. do your due diligence on a domain, but you can never know for one, you know, one hundred percent. If it was a if it was a fresh domain, so something that I'm just starting completely from fresh, I'm gonna give that at least 12 to 18 months. Yeah. Because sandbox, um, just domain age, the time it takes to build up that authority and the relevance and, and for Google to understand what the site is about, um, I'm probably going to go for at least that that amount of time. And I, and I have. I have. Um, you know, my, my, first, my first four or five sites were all built on fresh. Um, mm-hmm. I've still got, still got three of those. Um, and one of them is my biggest earning site. And it was built from fresh. And that that was registered in 2018. 
Okay, so, so let me yeah. So let me ask you this though. I mean, I hear what you're saying with you know how much you would put into a site before you're like, okay, let me just move on to another project or something like that. But um, will you ever build a site on a fresh domain, or are you like now all age domains? No, I'm not. And you know what? I still I still would. Yeah, I'd still build on fresh. And I've I've, I've actually got the itch at the moment to do it. Okay, I know that you feeling. Know, you know when you you know you know, you know it's like you you just you get you get an idea because I don't know what you're like. I walk around and I just see niches everywhere. Yeah. I like walk into a store and I don't go shopping physically very often. I'm usually online shopping. But if I go in somewhere or I could just be like driving in the car and I see something I'm like, oh, that's a niche. And I, yeah. And so I'm constantly getting that. Um, but no, I would definitely build on on fresh again. I don't think that's dead in the water at all. I think I think age domains. If you get it right, it's a brilliant shortcut. Yeah, I think for anyone beginning, unless you've got a good, a good amount to invest, I think it can be an expensive learning curve to start with an age domain. I think it's much safer to start from fresh. You're gonna you're gonna be able to make more mistakes. Um, and you know what? Like my my first two sites did nothing. Um, mm-hmm. as in like affiliate sites. I mean, when I think back to what they were like now, they were terrible because I didn't know any better. You know, right. I mean, since then, I, you know, I've invested in courses. You talked about Matt Diggerty. I mean, his affiliate lab course, I think that's great. Um, I've spent thousands on on other, other courses. Um, never really spent too much time learning on YouTube, um, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but... Yeah, gen- generally focused on on learning through courses, but like I say, from the at the beginning, I didn't know. I didn't know what to, what to do, or you know, you so, don't know what uh, you you don't yeah. know what you don't know. Typically, when it comes Absolutely, to this business, exactly, sometimes, yeah, exactly. and then sometimes a lot of information that you do get from YouTube, you got to be careful because who knows if it's still accurate, if it's years old, and you're just like, oh, it's new to you, so you think that it's something that you probably should be doing when it's actually old school stuff right there. Exactly. And there's so many different approaches, aren't there? Like, you know, you talk about white hat, black hat, gray hat. I think, I think most are probably gray hat. Um, at least it's very hard to be true white hat. Um, but there's so many different approaches. So, and again, if you don't know how to vet that source of information, it, it can be, yeah, it can be tricky. Yeah. That was actually one of my next questions for you. I'm sorry. I mean, go ahead. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. So yeah, <laughs> I apologize. So um, no, I was saying that was actually one of my questions. You must have been in my notes was like, do you recommend age domains for beginners? But unless you have a budget and maybe a, a little bit of a, a higher risk tolerance than most people, you probably could go ahead and jump into yeah, and it. Do you know what? I mean, the, the prices of age domains now are crazy. If, if you yeah, buy, they are. I mean, even if you go, even if you go yourself direct through an auction, they're, they're ridiculously priced. Um, they, they'll go from like, you'll, be, you'll watch a domain that's at $1,500, and in the last two hours, it'll go up to like $8,000. Um, I mean, typically, that's how you also know it's probably a good age domain because yeah. there's a lot of people bidding on it and wanting it. Um, but I, if you picked up a – say you could pick up a domain at $8,000 at auction yourself, if you were to buy that on a through a broker site like ODYS or SERP names or somewhere like that, you're probably going to be paying double because they're, mm-hmm. they're, they've got margins to make and, you know, they're obviously making a profit on what they buy. So, the, I mean, you see some domains that are like a DR27 and it's it's on for like $12,000 and you're thinking, it's, ri- it's ridiculous. Nuts. 
but they know the value in it too because like you said like in your particular example with your age domain you know like like total how much like if you had to ballpark it about how much money total do you think your site has made since march okay so since march so probably twenty thousand dollars something like that and 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 i've I've spent i've spent probably i would say well I, i was gifted the domain before mm-hmm. the case study, if I had have bought it, it would have cost three thousand dollars. That okay. was through SERP names, so it would have cost. So let's say it cost three thousand dollars. I've spent probably spent about eight thousand on content. Mm-hmm. So say eleven, uh, and I've probably spent about fifteen hundred on on links. So probably about thirteen k in total. But I'm pretty I'm pretty confident. So it's already in profit, but I'm pretty confident now that. It, it, you know, go. just maybe a couple of posts a month, and just let it let it keep going. And I think it'll it'll be recurring revenue. Yeah. Yeah. No. And see, and that's a great return. You know, let's just say you're in, all in thirteen thousand, and you've gotten back at least twenty so far, and there's no yeah. sign of it stopping anytime soon. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then if you exit it, the site too, yeah. that'll like. That that return is insane, you know what it you is. would get with it that, is, yeah. which I think is is you know once you start getting into these age domains and um, paying people to create the content for you, it becomes an investment game, you know. And I like it because it's an investment game that I have a little bit more control over. I mean, I understand Google's gonna Google's gonna Google, but uh, it, for the most part, I have a lot more control over just investing in you know some random stock and just hoping that it goes up you know so uh that's really cool but let's switch gears and talk about monetization because i think i've been picking up from you that the traffic isn't like ridiculous on this age domain site yet you're getting some really good returns because of the affiliate program that you're uh that you happen to be using um what's the traffic look like on the site compared to the income again so the traffic now is as high as it's ever been. It's it's around about nine hundred to a thousand organic hits per day. Okay. So so it's it's at around the kind of twenty seven to thirty thousand hits per month. But even when it was at like six seven thousand hits per month, it was it was making very good money. Um, so, it, but still thirty thousand hits a month. It's not. It's, that's not crazy, crazy, crazy levels of traffic. Um, and like I say, that's around the kind of $6,000 a month mark. It might be slightly higher than that, actually. Um, so, uh, yeah, I will be putting that together soon. So, oh, And is that straight affiliate well, yeah. or display ads also? Straight affiliate. I've, straight affiliate. I've never, ever... I'm not the guy to come to to talk about display ads. I've never, I've never run a single display ad in my life. Wow, that's that's you know I'm I come from the exact same uh, uh, thinking. For the longest time, it was just straight, straight, straight affiliates. Over the last maybe two and a half years, maybe two years, I've been dabbling a little bit more with display ads, and it's a good way to earn money pretty passively. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to build up the traffic and that's the hard part, right? So I usually tell people to kind of, you know, while you're building, go for the ads just because it's, it's, it's easy. But, you know, but put as much time as you can into the affiliates because you're going to make you know, 10, 20 times as much money with affiliates as you would just concentrating on the display ads. So, um let me let me ask you this then. So you went with you said you tried to do Amazon early on and then realized that yeah. okay, I needed to go another direction. How did you find this other affiliate program that was paying this fifty percent commission? Uh I think it was possibly through 
watching content by guys like Matt Diggerty. Um, mm-hmm. So I know he's talked a lot about high-paying affiliate programs. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think that's how I kind of got into it. Um, but like my, my main my, – my first kind of three main sites were all UK-based. So UK Amazon at the time was paying – and I think still now pays a little bit more than, than US Amazon. So it was like – for for my niche, it was about seven or eight percent. So it wasn't it wasn't great, but it wasn't horrific. Um, but obviously, then when you start to learn about programs that are paying fifteen percent or twenty percent, and then yeah. you find ones that are paying forty percent, and then the, the real key difference is when, once you start to generate money for these companies, and you generate and you've got good traffic, and it's traffic that they want, they start to compete against each other. So you'll have so that the base commission for say two companies might be 40%. But then one company will say, well, if you put us above the other product, position one, we'll, we'll pay you 50%. Sweet. And then so you, go, so you go back to the other company and say, oh, look, I really like your product. It converts really well, but these guys are offering me 50%. And then they go, oh, we'll give you 60. And I've got, <laughs> I've got one product. I've genuinely got one product that pays 65% commission. It's just, you just think – how much margin are they making on their products? Um, yeah, yeah, that's a great, that's yeah, a great it question. It is a great question, like because they're still making money, uh, and uh, yeah. So that's so the, one of the biggest things for me that made the biggest difference was getting to know the affiliate managers. Now that's Beautiful. something you can't yeah. do with Amazon. You can't do it. There's there's no interest. There's no one to talk to. But when you've got um, bespoke programs, or even like with Awin and Share a Sale. Some of them will still have dedicated affiliate managers. Mm-hmm. Get to know them because they're going to send you products. If you're if you're generating traffic, they're going to send you products. They're going to increase your commission rates. They might send you free gifts. I mean, this year, I've been um, I've been to uh, Mallorca in, in Spanish island. I've had uh, this Apple Watch. <laughs> this was uh, a gift. Um, the, really? in fact, these, these headphones, these, these were a gift from an affiliate company. So you get all sorts of stuff. Um, and, and they, it really depends on, on if the affiliate program values the affiliates. And mm-hmm. if you can find niches where there are affiliate programs, where they put the affiliate first, then that is an absolute game changer because they will work, they will go head over heels to keep you happy as long as they're obviously benefiting from it as well, which clearly they obviously are, um, then then yeah, it, and and that's for me has been a real game changer. So the, yeah. the transition from Amazon to these types of programs is key. Yeah, I think Amazon's a waste of time for the most part. Um, you can, I mean, it's a it's a good catch all, you know, for certain things, yeah. but for the most part, I I like to promote other stuff. Um, and I like the points you say there about uh, working with affiliate managers. I mean, if you really work it right, you know, one email or one phone call or something like that, I found good success in like reaching out and saying, hey, do you mind jumping on a Zoom call and we can just chat? That way we now have a face-to-face relationship and they know who I'm not just a random affiliate on the internet. I'm a real person. Maybe I'll know a little bit about their family. They know about a little bit about mine. And usually like a single email can double your commission rate, you know, or, you know, can get really crazy with it. So that's a good, good point that you make there. And sometimes newer bloggers don't like doing that, right? Because they like to stay in front of a computer and just (laughs) do that. But reach out just a little bit. it's It's the confidence of having the traffic. Once you've got the traffic, yes. 
it gives you the confidence to go and have those conversations. But going back to uh, the Affiliate World conference, I, I was meeting some of the networks at that conference that uh, I actually yeah. promote. So you walk up and you put a face to the name, you have conversations that you probably wouldn't have otherwise. Um, and, and, and even new programs, so new networks that I'd, I'd not even heard of. I'd, I'd probably Googled, you know, for, for affiliate networks in, in that particular niche, but I'd not heard of them. I turn up there and there's, there's probably like four or five different programs that I, I can now access. And as soon as you say, oh, this is what I do, this is the type of traffic I've got. And I'll tell you now, as soon as you say SEO traffic or search traffic, their eyes light up. Yeah, Their eyes literally light up because that is the best type of traffic that they can get because it's targeted. It's not it's not cold traffic. It's not cold Facebook and Instagram ads or TikTok um, or YouTube ads. It's search specific organic traffic, and their eyes light up, and they will do anything to get you to promote their products. Almost. Yeah, no, I mean <laughs> SEO traffic is, in my opinion, the best traffic on the planet. You know it. it yeah. It is. There's nothing better than that type of traffic. Um, now you mentioned before how sometimes you'll have maybe like a um, you know a buyer's guide or a list post or something that has different programs on it, and then you're an affiliate of each one of those, and then you can kind of get these people to compete. What kind of um, CRO or conversion rate optimization do you put on your pages to increase the number of clicks based on the people landing on the page? Well, one of the big things that I've done in the last month or two is giving quick verdicts. So, uh, yeah. you know, typically you might have like a, a top three or a, a table of, of 10 products. They're okay, but the problem with those is you're not helping the, the buyer to make a decision. In fact, you're probably making the decision harder unless you've got something there. So let's say it's a top three, then maybe if you say this is best for uh, people over 40, this one's best for those on a budget and this one's best for another type of person. That kind of helps because, you know, it's making it kind of more unique to that particular person. But if they're not feeling like they're one of those three types of people, then you've not helped them to make a decision. Whereas if it's something more generic where you can categorically say that for most people, for 90% of people, this is the single best product, a quick verdict box so how I would typically lay it out is I would have kind of an intro paragraph straight into quick verdict. And that's got, a, a, it'll have an image, it'll have a mini title that will say quick verdict or um, our number one, so-and-so, a very short paragraph um, of, of kind of sales type copy to say why this is the best and then a clear call to action button. And then go into the rest of the content where you would then list them and you would have your call to action underneath each one. And what I've recently started to do is with my affiliate links where I'm adding quick verdicts, I'm tracking each and every one. So with you can't do this with Amazon, I don't think, but with um, with a lot of these bespoke programs and even Awin do this, I think ShareASale do it, you can add what are called sub-IDs or, um, diff or, or tracking parameters per link. So you can literally mm -hmm. set up a link um, and I can attach the quick verdict parameter to that link so that then I can go in, I can go into my reports and see how many of my conversions are coming from those, those, that specific quick verdict box. Yep. And some, some of those are converting at like 30, 40%. So Yikes. people are, people are just clicking on them 
and their trust because they've gone through Google. They're probably at the right stage in the buying cycle, particularly if it's a review. And this works great if it's a review, by the way. So rather than a buyer's guide, because there is the own, only that one product, mm-hmm. unless you're going to say this product is trash, but this one's better. And that's where sometimes I'll, I'll put reviews on products that maybe don't have 40% affiliate commissions. It might be something that's only on Amazon, but it's an inferior product. So I can legitimately say, okay, this product's okay. It's a little bit cheaper, but this one's better. And the one that I'm going to promote is going to be my 40, 50, 60% commission product. Um, so yeah, I, I, but I get it almost typically try and get it. So it's kind of just where the fold would be. So it's, it's fairly prominent. Um, and I think, I was talking to a guy the other week and he was saying like 80% of your sales happen in that first kind of 20% of the page. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, once you've got the click, you've got the click. And a lot of these affiliate programs operate on first click attribution rather than last click attribution. So if it's first click attribution, you just want to get that click. And then if you can get this, obviously you want to get the sale, but they might come back and read more. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of the biggest things for conversion rate optimization for me has been those quick verdict boxes. And like I said, I've just had my best month and I put part of that success down to these quick verdicts. I'm still rolling them out. I've got hundreds of pages now that I've got to go through and apply this to. Yeah. So just to kind of crystallize what you just mentioned here, one of the biggest factors that you've been using to be able to increase the amount of clicks that you have to your affiliate programs is by putting like a quick verdict or a quick like definitive answer, definitive answer for somebody who first lands onto the page. I would imagine because, you know, people come to your website because they are looking for direction. They're looking for something not to be more confused. You know, getting that going to a restaurant and getting a menu with 50 things on it doesn't help anybody. Right, it makes you get a uh, analysis by paralysis or paralysis by analysis, right? Exactly. So That's I like it. having that definitive, like this is the one you should get, and yeah. here's the link to go go buy it right now, and then you go deeper for the people who want to read more. So that's that's a pretty good idea, in my opinion. That works it, out it, really well. Yeah, it also hits the Google helpful content update guidelines because that they actually clearly said we don't want four thousand words or five thousand words of content. We want to give you. We want you to give people the answer to their search intent. So by putting that quick verdict in, you're giving them that answer right at the top of the page. Yeah, okay, you've still got, and we all do it. You know, we all know that. Okay, if every article on page one has got three thousand words, we're going to go with three thousand words because we're not going to rank otherwise. But don't leave it till the very bottom of the page to give them that absolute verdict. Still put a verdict down at the bottom but put one in up at the top as well. And then for me, that's made a big difference. And and like I say, I, I also think it's probably helped a little bit with rankings because mm-hmm. you're hitting those helpful content guidelines. Yeah, you're probably sending pretty positive user experiences to Google when people land and then maybe they click through and go to a product and they don't go back to the SERP, right? So then Absolutely. because they're not doing that, then Google's like, oh, the information and content must have been good there. And um, I think that does go a long way. Um, let's change gears just a tad. We're still going to talk about the age domain, but um, you mentioned earlier how you had spent around fifteen hundred or so dollars on this age domain in links. Um, now, granted, buying the age domain itself, you know, puts you a long way in getting some decent links to begin yeah. with. But what other types of um, backlinking do you do to try to increase the uh, 
your your authority on these sites? Yeah, sure. So typically guest posts. Um, so some magic source there, really. Um, and I just look for tr- decent traffic and relevance with with those. The this most age domains worth their salt will already have high authority links. So they already have like links from like BBC, Guardian, TechCrunch, Wired, and, and things like that, which are which are brilliant. Um, but they're not necessarily niche relevant. So what I typically tend to do is is go for those really niche relevant links. And I'm not that fussed about it being a DR70 or DR80. I'm quite happy with a DR25, DR30 that's got 4,000 hits a month if it is super relevant to my my niche. Um, And like I said, I've not done loads of those. And I've just been, you know, specific with where I've placed them. I've been quite targeted with the anchor text. I'm not, you know, again, that's the other kind of protection you get with an age domain is that you can really go aggressive on the anchor text because you've probably already got 100 to 300 links that have mostly got branded anchor text going to the homepage. Exactly. And it might have anchor text going to inner pages as well. But if there's going to be loads of that branded stuff, so you haven't got to, you haven't got to sprinkle as much of that in. You can really go aggressive with your anchor text. Um, and, and, yeah, that's that's worked for me. Nice, nice. So, yeah, ma- mainly guest posts. Uh, a little bit of link insertion, maybe, but I've not done too much of that. Uh, I've, I'm, a, I'm just about to explore Harrow a little bit more for the age domains. I've not used it yet, but I don't think there's such a need because, like I said, you've already got that high, those high authority links. Yeah, I know a lot of people who, you know, you know, and even other YouTube channels, you know, they are really hard on don't build links at all. Just do everything natural and yada, yada, yada. And I mean, that can work. It might take a lot longer, but it can work. Um, but when you're going after, you know, you have an age domain, you kind of get the best of both worlds, right? Because you already got the links. You don't have to worry about building them. You can just concentrate on the content and then moving forward from there. Does that make sense? Does yes. that seem like it would yeah, work absolutely. out? Absolutely. So if you're someone that's watching this and you, you're scared of doing backlinking, and you should be if you don't know anything about it because you can make big mistakes with backlinking, then an age domain is great because you've already got those and you really don't need to worry too much. And even if you do make the odd mistake with your backlinks, it's not going to destroy your site. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think an age domain does probably appeal to people that – don't know too much about backlinking or don't really want to partake in that. Gotcha, but what gotcha. I will say is, and you, you are right, there's, there's a lot of people that do kind of say, don't don't partake in backlinking. And I said this on my YouTube video earlier today, at those networking events that I went to at Affiliate World, everyone that was there does backlinking. Hmm. I mean, you don't, I don't need to probably sell it to you that backlinking <laughs> works, but, you know, it's, uh, yeah. It does. That's, power- <laughs> that's, that's, that's powerful. I'm going to be honest. When I um, let's just say I got a new age domain and I'm starting to build on it, I'll do some competitive research. And if I see a domain that's getting 100,000 page views a month and has a DR of 0. 0.7 <laughs> you know, or something like that, <laughs> yeah. I'm licking my chops. You know, it's it's yeah, like, oh, absolutely. this is easy. This is easy. Yeah. You know. Um, okay, great. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty powerful. That pretty much everyone that you saw at an affiliate conference who people are making boatloads, truckloads of money doing this yeah. stuff, and a lot of them are doing it because of their backlinks. They are doing some backlinking. Not to say that content isn't important. It's probably 
Oh, no, absolutely. As, as much yeah. important, if not more. Yeah. But the backlinks definitely gives you some authority. Let's Google see. I've actually noticed that um, even when backlinking is done properly, you don't get I don't seem to get hit by many uh, algorithm updates, at least not big ones. Um, at least that's across my portfolio. It might be a lot different for other people. Same for, yeah, yeah. But I've noticed that when you do have a decent backlink profile from some pretty high authority sites, um, you don't typically get hit as hard, you know, um, with uh, algorithm updates. All right, cool. Well, look, we're getting close to the end of our time. I did want to dive a little bit into your keyword research. And I know we... Um, talked about the uh, monetization and how you, you know, even though you're not getting a ton, like, you know, hundreds and thousands of pe yeah. people to your site per month, you're still making, you know, you know, uh, three, four, five, six thousand dollars per month with these sites. Um, how do you do your keyword research? Very much like what you just mentioned there. Um, it reverse engineer the competition. So the first thing I'll look to do if I'm going into a niche is I want to know what the potential is. So I'm going to type in some very generic keywords. So let's say, I don't know, it's a, a site about washing machines. So let's say I'm looking at like the best washing machines, the best washing machines under 10 kilos, the, the cheapest washing machines, um, things like that. I'll go in with some generic kind of keywords like that. Just put them into Google and use a piece of software like Keywords Everywhere. It's really cheap and it gives you the search volumes. Obviously, you want to do that for the location that you're targeting. So if it's US, obviously, you do it for US. If it's UK, you do it for UK. As long as those search volumes look okay, okay, so that's that's a tick. I'm happy with that. And then what I'll do is I'll look at a key one of those keywords and see who's on page one for it. I'll then stick a Chrome extension called SERPWorks on. And, again, it's a very – I don't think it's free, but if it's not free, it's very cheap. SERP works. And what that will do is it will put an, a SERP overlay. So it will show you um, it will show you things like the word counts, the age of the sites. It will show you the, D, the DA of the sites, the Mosmetric DA. And typically what I'm doing there is I want to see sites that are either pretty young or they've got a low DA. And if I'm seeing a site on page one for a search term that's got good search volume, and it's got like, I don't know, a DA of less than 25, then that's a really, really good indication to me that there's opportunity in this niche. And then what I'll do is I'll take any any, any websites like those that are – so let's say it's best washing machines under 10 kilos. Let's say that search term's got 3,000 searches a month, and there's, a, there's two sites on page one that have got a DA of 23 – and 17. I'll take those two URLs, I'll pop them into a spreadsheet. They're, they're two competitors. I'll repeat that process with maybe five or six different search terms until I've got a list of maybe seven or eight low DA competition. I'll then pop them into a tool like Ahrefs, and that's typically what I use, um, and look at what their estimated traffic is. And like you said there, if you then have got um, sites that like a DA23, and you put it into Ahrefs and it's got traffic of like 80,000 a month or 150,000 a month, bingo. What keywords are they targeting? So you can literally just click on keywords and you can it'll list all the keywords. It'll give you keyword difficulty, but you already know that the keyword difficulty is low if they're ranking for it because we know they're a fairly low competition site. Um, obviously, we need to probably delve a little bit deeper, just check that, 
they're not hiding backlinks and things like that, but or, or there's a redirect in place. But as, as long as everything kind of checks out, I'm just going to go through that list of keywords and I'm going to start with the ones that I think are probably the easiest to rank for that have got high search volume. Uh, and, and I'll just formulate a content plan from that. Um, and sometimes you have to go through that process again. So I tend to task my writers each month with, um, what they're going to do for the for the following month. So towards the end of each month, I'll go through this process with for most of my sites. But if I've already got my list, I can just pick a, pick a competitor out. As long as they're still ranking, they've still got traffic. I'll just pick off their keywords, um, nice. and then it's just a case of creating better content than they have and better links or more links. Yeah, and, that's, and that's it. There's no that's an outstanding strategy. Science. Yeah, that's an outstanding yet pretty simple strategy, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, now you mentioned a second ago, like hiding backlinks. How do you find a website's hidden backlinks? It's difficult to do. Um, yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't really see if they're hiding them, but you can get an idea if they are. Like, yeah, it's 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 difficult. It's yeah. almost like um, something that you kind of you learn to do over time. Um, typically, if they're hiding backlinks, it will be PBNs that they're hiding. So, like, and that might be sites that they own themselves or sites that they're... Although, to be fair, I don't think many as many websites do cloak their links anymore because they, they tended to pick up penalties for doing that uh, yeah. by Google. So I don't think there's as much practice of that going on anymore. Uh, there did used to be some softwares that you could you could pop things into um, because essentially what, what these link cloakers do is they block certain crawlers from mm -hmm. seeing their links. So they'll, they'll block tools like Ahrefs and SEMrush and all the big ones um, and Moz and so on. Um, I don't even look for them anymore, to be honest. Really? But, um, okay. I don't, yeah. I don't look to see if they're hiding them. I just, you just kind of get an idea. Like if, if you see it, like you said there, if you see a site that's like a DR 0.7, and it's got traffic of 300,000. I'm looking at it and thinking, like, why? <laughs> there's, there's a reason here. What's what's going on? Uh, and, and sometimes it might be that there's um, there's been, like, three redirects pointing in at the site, and they're just, mm -hmm. it ha for whatever reason, the tool hasn't increased the DR yet. Uh, like, there's lots of different reasons. But um, that's why if you, if you can get multiple sites in your competitor list that are all low DA, then you get a feel for it and you start to realize what what, what what's achievable and what's not. And yeah, that's why it's no. so hard not to start new niches because there's so, there's, <laughs> like people say now, like people have been saying for the last five years, oh, it's saturated, affiliate marketing is saturated, SEO is dead. It's not. There's, not so, even close. there's still so much opportunity out there. Yeah, um, I just acquired a new domain, um, not a domain, a new, a new site, and I was just doing a little bit of keyword research and I was just like, no one has ever written this like i was so yeah. confused because it's a ton of traffic and there's no and there's no um articles out there that even targets it even remotely i'm like oh this is going to be easy you know yeah. um to, to find some of those um hidden places is sometimes it's better to have like a no name backlink not not, not backlink a no name um seo tool that maybe a lot of people don't really use because they block the big ones right um yeah i've been using like openlinkprofiler.org i yeah. think it is and that one typically can 
you got to be careful because you can find yourself. Uh, uh, I, there was I was doing due diligence on one domain and it, everything looked great. Then I went to Open Link Profiler and I was like, oh, this doesn't look great, you know, because yeah. they're not blocking that one. But then to your point, I do like the idea of just looking at it and thinking, okay, it's getting a ton of traffic. There's no DA there at all. Maybe there's not a 301 redirect or anything like that. You know, even if I were to go after that, I'd probably still do pretty good regardless of what's going on because the DR isn't high on the site in the first place. Right. So, okay. So we're getting close. I I, I do. I don't want to hold you too much longer. Let me ask you, what would be something that you would tell someone who might be just wanting to get into blogging and they're thinking, you know, they're hearing from everybody else that, oh, blogging's dead, doesn't work anymore, SEO, yada, yada. What would you tell someone um, if they're looking to jump in? I would tell them that, it 100% is not dead. There's there's plenty of opportunity out there. However, you need patience because, and, and I I say this on the channel. If I if I ever put a video out that's aimed at beginners, I will always say, do not expect results within 12 months. If anything, don't even expect big results within 18 months because this is a long term game. Um, you might completely mess up your first site, but you'll learn from that. So to me, if you go in with the mindset that every failure is an opportunity to learn, then at some point you will start to see that success. Um, But too many people go into this, I think, expecting to get rich quick, make thousands per month within like three or four months. That's an unrealistic expectation. Go in with a long-term mindset, focus on quality, just absorb as much information as you can, but take as much action as you can. And imperfect action is better than no action. Agreed. Yeah, totally. So would you say it's worth it? Oh, yes, 100%. I mean, look, it's it's changed my life. Absolutely. No questions asked. Um, Even if I hadn't gone in too deep with affiliate, my, my day-to-day life would be different now to what it was when I was a teacher. But what affiliate has allowed me to do is to, like I said right at the start, I've still got three or four clients, but I'm very, very selective on who those clients are. They understand that if I'm going away for two or three weeks, they can't call me. Yeah. You know, That's the relationship because they know that they're getting good results from what I do. I don't do massive reports for them. They can go to an agency for that and have a project manager. I'm someone that's going to do the, do the work for them. Um, and the point is that with affiliate, you, you could be anywhere. Like I could have stayed, if I hadn't got a family and kids to come back to, I would still be in Asia now. <laughs> I'd be on a beach in Phuket or Koh Samui or somewhere like that. And I probably wouldn't have come back until January or February. Um, in fact, it's been bloody freezing here today in the UK. So um, I might have even waited for the whole of winter. But uh, but I couldn't have done that if I was a teacher. Um, you know, so it has changed my life. So, yes, it 100% is worth it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I love that. That is that. That is the beauty of it. You know, being able to work from your laptop, that laptop lifestyle that a lot of people kind of over sensationalize online, but it's a real thing if you actually put it, it, to, it is together. A real thing, but do you know what? Even the simplicity, I know you said you just finished the school run. I'll be going and doing the school run in 20 minutes. And yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do that. Like, so to some people that might sound mundane and boring, but to me, that's still exciting to be able to, you know, 
pick my kids up from school, take them to school. I couldn't do that before. I used to walk in the door and they'd be going to bed in half an hour. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. Which is terrible. It's terrible. So it doesn't have to be sensational. It, it's just what it is for you. And But it, what, whatever it is for you, it gives you that freedom to decide um, and the freedom to actually physically be where you want to be and when yeah. you want to be there. You're speaking to my heart, Jason. Man, you're speaking to my heart. Where can people I've find you, man? This podcast. I've enjoyed oh yeah, it. awesome, awesome. Thank you, thank you, so much. Thanks for taking the time to you've be got on. Me so Where can... excited now. You've got me over my jet lag. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Where can people find you? The Affiliate School on YouTube. So I think it is uh, YouTube.com/slash at the Affiliate School, or just search for the Affiliate School. Yeah, that's me. All right, cool. So we'll be sure to put that in the. Uh, show notes or the description depending on where you're watching or listening to this and uh thanks so much jason for being on man this has been an awesome interview i appreciate your, your candor going through everything and i wish you future success thanks chris thanks for having me and thanks for the invite and good luck yourself Cheers, all right man. man see you later